Thank you, I will check it out. Is like the new fuck you of the 21st century. With today's digital fire hose that everybody's immersed in. You can't expect too much from casual social media acquaintances, but thank you, I will check it out. Is like even the refrain of people who've known you for years. And you, who you would think would be interested in something you create. Hey, got my 12th episode out. Don't you check it out. Hey, this is episode 54. 54 episodes on my podcast. Thank you. I will check it out. Hey, Bob. I just won the Penn Faulkner and the Pulitzer Prize for Best Novel. Thank you. Thank you. Check it out. Hey, Bob. I just shot you right in the gizzard with a crossbow. Thank you. I will check it out. As a single strand of drool connects their lower lip to their phone where they're streaming... The Mandalorian for the third time. I hate this century. Well, I've been through hard times too. This situation's a man. I bring the hard rhymes through. That's why I'm all times too. Half past despicable. Last man to bring it through. Fast rap to critical stack. Analytical slap slap. I'm hitting you smack smack. I'm sticking you smack. Lift the stack tip all with the lyrical Hello, I am the great unclean one. This podcast is called Breakup Gaming Society. It focuses on on board games booze, and hip-hop. This is, I believe, episode 54. Not sure how I achieved that. I've been putting off this episode because the game of the week is a tribute to a person who recently left us. But the good part is, is this sweet, thoughtful gentleman made a game before he passed, and we're going to talk about it today, along with extensive uh, tasting notes on... uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Coralejo Extra Añejo Tequila, which I have consumed on multiple nights in the last week, and I'm pr- pretty sure the dust has settled, and I've got some some clear impressions. Then we're going to do Track of the Week. Oh, God, I'm looking at my notes here. I have such good taste. I'm going to dig up what sounded like an old G-Funk track that actually came out in the late 90s. I'm still not sure why. Probably some label bullshit. But in either case, I thank you for being here with us today. And uh, hearing about one of the nice things about social media, and I, my mouth's moving, but there's just not a thought in my head right now. I'm just gibbering. We just better do drink of the week. Drink of the week. As promised, we're back with drink of the week. And this past week, when I went shopping in the big city, I lavished upon myself a $65 fifth of Corleho. Extra Añejo, according to the label, that's aged three years, tequila. It's just one of those weeks you just reward yourself wildly just for getting through. So I did, and hit it pretty hard four nights ago, then did some judicious tasting today to, to follow up. And, and here's what I got. First, first impression is that there was a lot of flavor packed high in the attic with uh, spice, and I couldn't separate everything that was going on there. Although I did notice it had a very light body. And yeah, the first sip, very spice forward for me at least. And I don't know whether I just needed some priming because by the third sip, it was tasting fuller and sweeter. And, you know, we're coming back to, uh, you you know, whether or not you would mix a tequila is one of the, criteria by which you decide's a good one. Yeah, if it's 
some horse shit. Yeah, go ahead and throw it in your store-bought margarita mix. But this, I would not mix it. It was that good. And then um, I took a rest. I came back, just uh, sipped another, like, oversized shot of it over the course of several minutes. Still getting a very bold nose that I couldn't quite articulate. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'd buy it again for the simple reason that for less money, I think I would prefer a bottle of Corso Añejo or Suavecito Añejo, which in my experience kind of had a friendlier handshake. But all that being said, if I were at someone's house and they asked me if I liked tequila and I said, yeah, and they pull a bottle of that out, it's righteous. Um, it's a very good drink. And if something, if you want to treat yourself, you should. Although to me, again, this is an economic discussion. It kind of lands in that no man's land of price in between what I consider a respectable $50 fifth. And then, of course, the heaven's nectar stuff where, you know, you spend north of $100, you know, on some uh, Casa Azul or something and guard it like Gollum would the ring. But there you go. Um, I drank it. I liked it. It's a clean, punchy flavor. Again, for the price point, probably not. But, you know, if you've got the money to burn and you want to check it out, you're not going to be sorry. These are the great unclean ones' thoughts on uh, Corlejo Extra Añejo Tequila. Next, the magician's last spell. Game of the week. Hey, you out there who takes commissions to do illustrations or makes t-shirts or a stream or designs games, I'm trying to imagine what it must sound like when the doctor says, You've just made your last thing. It's it. That's a wrap. Such was the proposition faced by my former friend on Twitter, at Jorth Magician. When I first got back onto Twitter, it was in service of making friends for the podcast, for the first few months at least, desperately trying to out-snark the incumbent snark royalty of the place. But as the months went on, I started to collect a different kind of person on Twitter. They weren't out there to share the edgiest meme or do the hottest white-hot lava hot takes. They were just chill, nice people. And I found engaging with them was sustaining in a way that even something getting a lot of likes or shares is not. At Jorth Magician was one of these people. And as I watched his timeline, I learned that he was in the process of creating his own 16-bit retro role-playing game, a JRPG, I think, called The Great War of Jorth. I do not know a lot about this genre. I don't play video games. This is probably the only time you'll hear about a video game on this show. But I wanted to not let the guy who made it just wink out and go downstream and, and see if I got you know, keep his candle lit in the line of sight of a few more people before we all get to worrying about the next project or the next crisis. And apparently his JRPG was a work of love. He wasn't a technical guy. I guess one of uh, his grandkids or a relative had gotten him an RPG maker. And he just started populating it with this utopian, save a utopia story that he had in his head. And I watched it unfold. And while I didn't understand what I was looking at. I liked the man. And not long before he passed, I, I got to talk to him on the phone. Turns out his name was Jay, and he lived in Canada, and he was a grandpa. And also 
had uh, a background in video, script writing, and stage. And I was like, I asked him if he liked the idea of while he had the time and energy, because he'd been told he had an inoperable cancer, would he like to do a special breakout series on Breakup Gaming Society called The Magician's Last Spell, which is a reference to The Tempest by Shakespeare. It was his last play about a, an old magician who's about to hang it up. I thought Jay would appreciate the parallels, and he did. He loved it, and he said, you know, the way things look, he had maybe three to five months. But it turned out he had about three to five days. We were going back and forth sporadically on direct messages, you know, trying to set up at least a, a, a recorded chat. And then the, the channel went dead for several days, and the next time I saw something on it, it was his widow. So to lighten the chip on my shoulder, one of the things I did on Twitter was try to elevate other small creators. Give somebody the love you wish you were getting, which is why I'm asking you to check out his game. Now, I liked it even more when he told me about his motivations for making it. I'm far too cynical a person to ever undertake something like this, but in the Great War of Jorth, it's a utopian, inclusive kingdom that's, that's under attack. So I guess he made this big adventure and it looks to me a lot like a lot of the other RPGs of its genre that I've seen. The, you know, Japanimation-style characters moving on X and Y axes, talking to shopkeepers, getting in battles, trying to save the kingdom. And apparently he populated it with multiple storylines and, having a background in stage, enlisted a, tr a troop of people to, to voice act a bunch of it, which, this is a claim I cannot evaluate, but... It sounded like it was unique in the space. And, I, and, you know, when I did get to talk to him on the phone the one time, he said that, and this was touching to me because it's, this is the kind of impulse that just does not occur to someone like me. It's missing in me. But I liked finding it in him. He said, he said that, you know, when times are bad, he said people need to be able to model and, and play in something good. And, we're never going to get to the good place if you don't help people see it and put their hands on it or something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing heavily. He said it better. I was like, what a great thing. And if there's any goodness in this, it's that I could tell that he, he left behind some people who loved him and he left behind a completed game that is now on Steam. And I guess you could play the piss out of this thing. I guess he made it to be very spacious you know, if, if you do one epic storyline, you can go back into it, do another, and hear all the characters. It's the Great War of Jorth. I think it's for something like $4.99. The Wizard's Last Spell. Give it a look. And uh, I'm going to hold my Añejo aloft to the Jorth Magician. May you fight long and well. Thank you for being one of the good ones. Next, Garvey. relax and take a seat, sit back and play the beats and blast it in your Jeep, it's the track of the week. I'm ratchet in the streets, talk trash to the geeks, get smacked in the beat, it's the track of the week. It just occurred to me that the track I've chosen for track of the week is gonna not sound like a very reverent juxtaposition given the nature of this episode's game of the week. But it does have something in common with the man I tried to honor however inadequately. And that is, finding this track and that dude were both unexpected and delightful surprises. It's the other day. I am off my likes list, 
which is like 2,500 songs. And I'm just letting the algorithm go, keying off stuff that I've liked in the past. And what appears to my ear? But one of the meanest, slickest pieces of G-Funk I've heard in a long time. And it went like this. I'm straight catching hell. Makes a strike number three going crazy in my jail cell. God damn, I think I'm through. They're trying to hear me 25. I'm thinking, how, how the hell did I miss this? I didn't go deep, deep, deep in the crates of the time. But I listened to a lot of G-Funk. I'm like, how am I just now hearing this? And I looked them up. It was a group called, I think, uh, All From The One. And for some bizarre reason, I'm guessing because... Their release got held up by A&R, label BS. This track didn't release till 1998. And I think, boy, if that had dropped in 93, it's all you would have heard. I, I just love, I'm not sure if that, how massaged or processed that sample is. But it's just a great piece of sampling. And that classic G-Funk hallmark of, Big, big snare that sounds like a zillion people clapping in, in digital space. They just went all in on that. And it also confirmed another theory I've been working on, and that is any rapper who is telling a story automatically gets 20% better. In this case, a story about being in the county jail. Listen to how Dude talks about some of the things that are happening while he's being held. I got a visit, but it's drama. My girl in the hallway fighting with my baby mama. No time to explain who I love the most. I gotta catch the chain. Quick and check a trustee. Cause some of them fools be trying to play deputy. Nigga, use a hook. I'm rolling with the crooks and we don't like the flat foots. I'm tired of being a victim. It seems every time I look, I'm getting And there you have it, folks. That's a wrap. County Jail by All From The One. And one last encouragement note, go on Steam and play The Magician's Game. It's called The Great War of Jorth. It's $5. And I, I, I harp on this theme before when I was talking about uh, Dead Belt by a couple of Drakes. Of all the dumb crap, you're going to just pee away $5 on. And then think about all the creators in your life. Whose day would be made just by a couple little sales? If you know someone in your life who's making something, even if it's not Marvel Cinematic Universe level slickness, give them their flowers so they can smell them. This is the great unclean one saying, may you fight long and well. Oh, quick elegiac bonus. This episode and this poem is dedicated to not only at Jorth Magician, but also my father, Robert Henry Warren, rest in peace, and my uncle, Jed Jacobs, rest in peace, who left us about the same time as the magician. One of the best things my dad ever did for me was give me a book of collected poems by Wendell Berry, 1957 to 1982. And I keep returning to them because as I age, I don't know if I get better and better, but the poems are. So I'm going to read this. Um, it was, it's called Three Elegiac Poems by Wendell Berry, and it seems to... My, my tribute earlier is not adequate. I'm going to leave this in the hands of a master. 
One, let him escape hospital and doctor, the manners and odors of strange places, the dispassionate skill of experts. Let him go free of tubes and needles, public corridors, the surgical white of life dwindled to poor pain. Foreseeing the possibility of life without possibility of joy, let him give it up. Let him die in one of the old rooms of his living, no stranger near him. Let him go in peace out of the bodies of his life, flesh and marriage and household. From the wide vision of his own windows, let him go out of sight, and the final time and light of his life's place be last seen before his eyes slow opening in the earth. Let him go like one familiar with the way, into the wooded and tracked and furrowed hill, his body. Two. I stand at the cistern in front of the old barn, in the darkness, in the dead of winter, the night strangely warm, the wind blowing, rattling an unlatched door. I draw the cold water up out of the ground and drink. At the house, the light is still waiting, An old man I've loved all my life is dying in his bed there. He is going slowly down from himself. In final obedience to his life, he follows his body out of our knowing. Only his hands, quiet on the sheet, keep a painful resemblance to what they no longer are. Three. He goes free of the earth. The sun of his last day sets clear in the sweetness of his liberty. The earth recovers from his dying, the hallow of his life remaining in all his death leaves. Radiances know him, grown lighter than breath, he is set free in our remembering. Grown brighter than vision, he goes dark into the life of the hill that holds his peace. He's hidden among all that is and cannot be lost.